What's Better Today? And welcome to the Leadership Advantage podcast by Dr. John Kenworthy. The Leadership Advantage isn't some magic pill or silver bullet to instant success as a leader. I'm sharing the art and neuroscience of hacking expert leadership to unstuck your potential in life and work. Welcome, this is John, and I'm looking this week at how you leverage your influencing style. And it's all about the trust and respect matrix. The 15-inch blade flew perilously close to my left ear, and the chef's knife thumped into the door behind me. I was told, in no uncertain terms, that my days in his pastry kitchen were over. I couldn't possibly repeat the actual words, but if you think that Gordon Ramsay cusses, I can assure you that even he has a comparatively mild turn of phrase. Chef was right, of course. I was useless in the pastry kitchen. (laughs) I still am. My croissant could be used to break rocks in a quarry. My short crust could substitute for dumbbell weights. It's simple biology. My hands are too warm. Heck, I didn't even want to be a pastry chef, but I had to master every part of cooking and I wanted to learn from this particular chef. I had huge respect for his talent and would take almost anything for the chance to learn from this, the youngest Michelin star winning chef in the United Kingdom. But he wasn't very likeable. He was a conqueror influencing style and a competent jerk. In the last Leadership Advantage podcast, I asked what your influencing style was. And just in case you missed that, you really ought to pop back and listen and do the influencing style inventory. This will identify your dominant influencing style and your least dominant style. The the conqueror style from the influencing style inventory, those types of influencers can be seen as aggressive, power hungry and controlling. It's not easy working for a conqueror. And their positive influence can be eradicated by the fear that they can induce. So what do you do if your style isn't working well with some or even all of the people you need to influence? What you need to be able to do is to leverage your style and gain influencing agility. But first and foremost, you want to make it as easy as possible for others to trust you and respect you. In this episode, I'm going to share how you can leverage your style and more easily influence others and motivate them to do things that matter. Let me introduce you to the trust respect matrix. On the vertical scale is how much you trust me. 
and the horizontal represents how much you respect my competence. Someone with low trust and little respect for me would consider me to be a foolish jerk. And you're not likely to be easily swayed by someone that you think is a foolish jerk. So let's say that you still don't respect my competence, okay? But you do trust me. I have proven myself to be trustworthy to you. Something of a lovable Egypt. You would find it easier to accept my influence if you trusted me, even though you have little regard for my competence. How about you actually do respect me greatly, but you don't find me trustworthy? Heck, perhaps you don't even like me. See, my chef was here. I had huge respect for his talent, but I didn't trust him to care for me. Certainly not after that knife incident. If that were me, I'd, have, I'd be a jerk, a competent one, but I'd still be a jerk. Then there's a situation where you respect my talents and find me utterly trustworthy. That would make me a lovable star. Someone who could readily and easily influence you. So where are you in your relationships with your people? And what matters here is not how genuinely trustworthy you are or even how competent you truly are. It's how you are perceived to be by them. For some people, for example, my chef was completely trustworthy. His sous chef would lay down his life for him. He trusted him that much. Pretty well everyone respected his competence. Yeah. A few other executive chefs in other restaurants, well, they, they didn't particularly. But everybody has a different opinion about how trustworthy you are and how competent you are based on how they perceive it. See, the question is, do they trust you and do they respect you? The more they both trust and respect you, the easier it is for you to influence them. So how do you gain respect and win trust? It's so important that you remember these are perceptions. It's no use saying, well, they should respect me, John. Well, maybe they should, but if they don't, that's not actually a failure of your competence. It's a judgment of it. And it's no use saying, well, they shouldn't judge either, John. They do, and they will. Just as you judge them, and you judge me. How do you feel, for example, when you meet someone to have a chat and they just talk about me, 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 me. What about me? What about me, 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 myself, me? The entire conversation is them seeking affirmation from you. They don't ask after you. And if you do happen to voice an opinion, you are swiftly cut off mid-sentence as they bring the dialogue back to the most important person in the room, i.e. themselves. 
as you've heard that description, I'm sure that someone came to mind and you have a judgment about them. How much you respect them and how much you trust them. We need to remember the elevator principle here as well. There are some people in life who will bring you up and there are many, many more who will bring you down. So how do you get others to respect you, your talents, your competence, your skills? If you ask anyone about gaining respect from others, they will tell you that they cannot get it until you give it. It's almost, why should I respect you if you don't respect me? So, I've got a download for you, a little PDF that you can use, or the Evernote note if you're an Evernote user. What I'd like you to do is start by making a list of all the people whom you need to or you want to influence. Write them down in two columns, okay? There's an easy column and a tough column, the real tough ones. So this worksheet you can download from the show notes or you can access the Evernote and save it to your own Evernote account. Why don't you pop off and do that now if it's convenient or come back and do it later. So once you've got this, for each individual on your easy list, put their name and beside that in the column, write a note about one thing that you like, love or admire about them. Just one thing that you like about them, you love about them or you admire about them. Go through everybody. There's always something special about every individual. Now you do the same with the tough list, the people you find it tough or difficult to influence. One thing that you could, if you choose to, love, like or admire about them. And if you're struggling with an individual, what about their accent, their clothes, their hair? their cleanliness or their wanton disregard for personal hygiene. You only need to identify one thing that you love, like or admire about them. Now go tell them that you love, like, admire this thing about them. And if they ask, is that all? Just reply, for now, yes. Choose to make the other person your centre of attention when you have time together. Ask about their lives. And if you really want to gain traction on your influence, ask them what they did at the weekend. Listening attentively to what they did, the words they use and the order that they share things. I recommend you make notes wherever possible. No one, in my experience, has ever objected to being asked what they did at the weekend. And no one, in my experience, has ever found being told something admired or liked about them has ever objected to being told. They often want more, but they don't object. And there's no use saying, well, this person is seeking affirmation, that all they do is talk about themselves anyway. Yeah, ask questions 
and especially what they do at the weekend. Well, when they think that I'm after something from them, cozying up to them for a favour, I'm not asking you to brown nose them, okay? Just to share something that you love, like or admire, and ask them about them, their life, what matters to them. They may suspect that, of course, but do this without any desire or any need for reciprocity. You're uh, asking what they did at the weekend because most people spend their weekends, that is the time they don't have to work, doing the things they love to do with the people most important to them. So if they spend their entire weekend working, as in the time that they should be off work, then working is for them more important than their family or their personal life. That may be a temporary situation, but if you ask every week, you'll find patterns emerging. And you'll discover what they refer as their family, for example. Somebody who talks about going out with their family is not the same as going out with their wife, husband or kids. Somebody like me may be thinking family is my extended family rather than the close family. So use their words when you're coming back to this later. And of course, in order to get people to respect you, you do of course need to demonstrate your competence too. I remember I worked with a delightful young leader. She was one of the nicest, most humble, and so talented in her field. Few of her colleagues though respected her for her work. She was liked, but not respected. In meetings, she would be quiet and she would do her work as quietly and unobtrusively as possible. Her work was exemplary, but no one knew that it was her work. She never asked for, nor was she ever given credit. If you hide all of your light under a bushel, no one will see it. That isn't to say that all your best work should be done as loudly as possible, but do show the self-confidence and assert your right to have your work recognised. Show humility, but don't let others trample all over you. This is a problem I, I see with many tech leaders. So much of their work is hidden from the eyes of others. Few people see the work that you put into the project because all they see is the output. And if you make it look real easy, then it doesn't deserve much respect now, does it? It reminds me of the story of the man that was pulled in by a factory owner to fix a machine that they couldn't uh, get working. And the old man went to, to the machine and he looked around and then uh, tapped a few things. Then he changed one bolt, tightened it up and gave the factory owner an invoice $10,000. The factory owner was shocked and said, but, but all you did was change one 
bolt and you were only here for five, six minutes. Why such a huge invoice for it? So the man took the invoice back from him and rewrote it and said, one dollar for fixing the bolt, $9,999 for knowing which bolt to fix. Don't make everything look too easy because sometimes people only see what they see as easy and therefore not deserving of respect. The trouble is if you don't blow your own trumpet, no one will blow it for you. Just please remember, you're not alone in this band. Even Bix Beideback knew when to be silent and let others have their say. So the second part of this is how do I win trust from others? And trust is such a fickle thing. A thousand years can be undone in a moment. I want to look at the dictionary definition of trust so that we're absolutely clear between us. That trust is the assured reliance on the character, ability, strength or truth of someone or something. That's according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary. When I can rely on you and know that you will come through as you promised, then I can trust you. But there is a delay built into our choice to trust someone or something. And I discussed this in an earlier Leadership Advantage podcast. Great leaders build trust to increase engagement. You increase others' ability to trust you by consistently engaging their reward network in their brain more than their pain network. You trust someone more when they speak highly of you, they appreciate you, they always treat you and everyone else fairly. They're never biased. They always hold you in the highest esteem. Great leaders, they give you deserved credit for your ideas and contributions and they never take the credit that belongs to someone else. Even when they themselves are being unfairly treated, denigrated, or the victim of malicious gossip, a great leader never bites back. Great leaders treat even their enemies with respect and dignity. And someone you trust implicitly never, ever, ever breaks your trust. Building trust can be as simple as turning up to a meeting on time not apologising for unknown traffic conditions on on time in spite of those traffic conditions. It's as easy and as difficult as keeping promises made, no matter the personal cost. Winning trust is all about consistency. So go back to the list you created earlier. Write down beside each name in the easy column the one thing you can do to win more of that individual's trust. If you don't know, ask them. Now do the same with your tough column. One thing that you can do to win their trust. And if you're having difficulties asking people directly, then listen attentively to their conversations. 
When people are moaning and complaining, they will often emphasize the things they dislike the most. And these tend to be the things that they think should be done differently or better. That's what they judge as being important. Choose how you can demonstrate your trustworthiness in those areas. Gaining respect and trust is rarely an overnight miracle. It takes time to show consistency and be respected for listening and caring about them. But by doing this, what this will enable you to do is more easily and more readily influence other people because you are developing the agility to flex your influencing style. Because during your influencing style, when you are dominant, perhaps under stress, and focus on one particular area, for example, my chef with his conqueror behavior, it would be very difficult for him to relax that and be more pull in his approach, perhaps a conductor giving praise rather than wanting to control. But as soon as you embark on these two very simple activities, with the leadership guide that you can download. Just find those easy and those tough individuals, identify them, and what is the one thing that you can do to demonstrate your respect for them by identifying one thing that you love, like, or admire, and tell them. The second thing is looking at how do you build trust? Asking people what they need from you is often the simplest way for you to move forward. Do forward this uh, podcast uh, and article or the email if you're receiving the email to someone you think might benefit from it and get them to sign up as an Advantage VIP. And if you haven't signed up yet, Get back down to the website at leadershipadvantage.com and sign up uh, to receive the emails on a regular basis. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye. really enjoyed this episode and will share some highlights with the people you care about most. My team and I are working on a series of exciting new projects in this art and neuroscience of hacking expert leadership to unstuck your true potential in life and work. To learn more, visit leadershipadvantage.com or just search for Dr. John Kenworthy and connect with me.